I kept saying this term nacho. I didn't know what it was. And I looked into it and I realized what it was. And it dawned on me that she nachoed my kid. <laughs> and it was the best thing ever. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 156 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, before I forget, the winner of our Nacho Kids Academy, Linda Dunham Scholarship, is Krista G. Woo, Krista G, congratulations. We will see you in the Academy. That's right. All right, David, so what's going on? Man, a lot. Like what? A lot's going on. I know. Just just a lot. <gasps> Have we talked about that we were on Radio New Zealand? I think, I think so. so. I think we did. Did we? Maybe. Maybe not. Okay. We were. Yep. Yep. We sure were. I know we talked about being in the Atlantic magazine mm-hmm. uh, the online version of it and then scary mommy uh yeah yep mm-hmm. and uh got some more stuff coming up can't talk about it right now but more stuff all right so what else is going on uh always adding lots of stuff to the academy and and uh improving that every single day helping people every yes. single day we have a lot of work to do it's almost summertime here in the United States. So I wonder in other parts of the world, they don't get summer off. They get Do they get winter off? I do not know. <laughs> I'm wanting to think that in Australia, they get an extended period of time off at Christmas. Yeah. We're but, talking about kids being out of school, by the way. Yeah. So. But I don't know that that's their winter. That might yeah, be their I mean, summer. Oh, it's so confusing. <laughs> and people will say, what time zone are you in? And I'll tell them, they'll tell me. And then they'll say, well, what time is it my time? And I'm thinking, I have no idea. You're going to have to look that up on the timeanddate.com or whatever that I have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hard to keep up with. Yep. So with summertime comes summer blended challenges. Mm. Yes. We had quite a few of those. Yeah. We didn't have to deal with COVID. So, you know, a lot of people got like a whole summertime thing dumped in their lap for an extended period of time. <laughs> yeah. Talking about the kids being out of school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. Let's no. not make people relive. Let's <laughs> not. That things are kind of opening up a good bit from my understanding across the world. So... Yeah, so let's talk about some of our summertime challenges. I remember one of the bigger challenges was we uh I used the school as the pickup drop off thing for us. So I, I would drop the kids off on Monday morning, the ex would pick them up at school Monday afternoon. So we didn't have to deal with each other um and meeting at certain places and all this stuff. And if she was late, didn't bother me none because she was picking the kids up from school. And, you know, they had after-school activities anyway, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, during the summertime, now we've got to negotiate where we're going to meet, potentially, and what the time's going to be and um, and all that. And we didn't do the 
pick up at the house thing. You know, some people do that where the ex comes over to the house. Um, more times than not, though, I think that at least the other person in the blend is not very comfortable with that. We were not comfortable with that, so it didn't happen. And uh, and so that was one of the challenges that we had to deal with was was that piece of it. And it wasn't just the challenge of meeting somewhere and, and doing that pickup drop-off. It was that oftentimes the clothes I sent them in was never the clothes they came back in. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> the clothes. You know, clothes has got to be one of the top five step family struggles. Yeah. Or you know, divorce family struggles, I should say. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's like it never failed. I would send them in a nice outfit, and they would come back in junk. I'm like, where's the outfit I sent? And it never made it back. With so, school uniforms, it was easier, though. It was easier, but we still had the same problem. Yeah, I know. I'd send them in, you know, brand-new pair of pants and a shirt, and I'd get back. You know, they come back with high waters and <laughs> shirts with holes in the armpits and <sighs> – Yes, and pre and just so y'all know, pre Nacho, the high waters drove me insane. Yeah, it drove me insane. But even the kids didn't care. Yep. So, so oh well. I'm like, yeah, I got to the point where like, well, they don't care. I mean, I can't do much about it. They they can choose what they wear. Uh, but one of the ways we handle that, a couple of ways we handle that. One is we bought a set of clothes that was specifically for the exchange day. And that's what they wore there. And then they were tasked with, you've got to wear the same thing back. Now, granted, people, his kids were older. They were not two years old. And him telling a toddler that they had to wear the same clothes back. Yep. Well, here's what happened is if they didn't wear the same clothes back, then whatever they came to me in was what they wore going back to their moms. So if they didn't wear it back, I mean, I didn't get bent out of shape. I didn't send no emails to anybody, you know, fussing because my outfit didn't come back. I just said, okay, we will wash this and we will hold on to it. And then next Monday, when you go to your mom's, you can wear that back to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I would continue doing that until I got my clothes back. When they send them, when you send them back in those clothes, that's what they'll get sent to you in. So that was one way I handled that. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it took a lot of stress off. A lot. I wasn't sending them in new clothes and getting them back in crappy clothes all the time. Um, unfortunately, if they came to me in crappy clothes, I would send them back in <laughs> crappy clothes. As long as they fit. Yeah, but we're only talking a drop-off thing. It's not like we um, you know, we were dropping them off and they were in front of a whole bunch of people and all this kind of stuff. And it wasn't terrible stuff. It wasn't like they... You know, the, their knees were completely hanging out of the pants, and they look yes, like... Yes, they were. That was the style. <laughs> well, yeah. So, anyway, all that being said, it, it wasn't terrible. It was just annoying knowing that I'm buying brand new clothes, and I'm getting them back in used clothes. And so I would make sure to save those used clothes and send them back in the next time. And somebody will say, David, are you kidding me? Go buy a cheap outfit at Walmart. It's not that big of a deal. It is when you got four youngins and they swap in every other week. Yeah. No, it, it is. It is. It, well, it's one of those things where it's a big deal for me. If you don't think it's a big deal for you, you got one kid, you don't mind throwing out 30 bucks uh, a week to buy clothes that 
basically you're buying them so the other parent doesn't have to, then whatever. If that causes you less stress, have at it. For me, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was not less stressful. It's less stressful for me to go buy one outfit for all of them and then try to get them to wear that. Because as Lori pointed out, when you got four kids you're buying for, you know, a $30 outfit now becomes a $120 outfit. I just thought of a genius idea. What's that? We need to make clothes for transition days. Uh, okay. Almost like, for some reason, I was thinking prison garb. <laughs> I don't know why that popped in my head, but I'm thinking, you know how the prisoners will have like transfer or something on their outfit or the van wheel, whatever. No, I think I think we should have transition day clothing that says, like it's got some writing on the shirt. You know, one could be like my stepmom rocks. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. You're going to make me tell that story. <laughs> one could be my stepdad rocks. One could be, um, you know, uh, your child support payment is late. <laughs> okay. I have to tell y'all something. I unintentionally sent my son to his dad's with a my mom rocks shirt. <laughs> And it really was unintentional. Not that I hadn't joked about getting my son a shirt that said, my daddy drives a Harley, because his daddy didn't drive a Harley, but David did. You know, just in fun, making jokes. Anyway, (laughs) somebody sent me a copy of a picture that his dad had put on Facebook of him, of my son. The shirt was inside out. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I was thinking, why is his shirt inside out? And then I said, oh, I bet it's that my mama rock shirt. <laughs> yeah, because he because he would normally pick up Jackson and then go places. So he did. I'm sure he didn't bring extra clothing in case you decided to send <laughs> some kind of shirt. Well, I always sent Jackson in decent outfits, but he also did have a I'm going to daddy's outfit. Oh yeah, it was just easier, much easier. Yep. But anyway. All so right. try that. If that's one of the problems you're having, you know, just figure out what, what works for you. For for me, it was uh, getting a transition day outfit. And then it was also that if that outfit didn't come back, then I'd save the outfit they came back in and I sent them back in it. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as it was, you know, not something that was terrible. Right. And I'm just thinking, though, some people are saying, well, I'm not going to put that responsibility on my kid. You don't have to. Just if they were something. Send it back them, send them back in the same thing. Yep. 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 You don't have to. Not saying you'll ever get your outfit back, but just a suggestion. Yep. And if you're in it, but let me one more thing. But if you're the step if you're the step parent in this situation and the clothes don't come back, then don't rag your significant other about, oh, you said it. you better get them clothes back. <laughs> um, you know, you put them in a position where they feel like they have to they have to respond to something because you want them to respond to them. Right. Um, and, and that's not what you want because then they just get PO'd at you. Yep. Okay. Our guest today, folks, is Lala. And no, it's not the Teletubby. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Which I joke about in the interview. Anyway, her kid's stepmom nachoed her kids, and it was the best thing she ever did for any of them. Hmm, how about that? Awesome. She's been blending for seven years. She has stepson 10, which they have 
And then they have Biosun 16, Biosun 14, Biosun 10. That is with them the majority of the time. Okay. Her best advice? Listen, folks. Listen. Listen, Linda. Linda, listen. Listen. <laughs> Let your husband father his own kid. Please allow him to do that. Mm-hmm. I know there's somebody right now going, I wish he would. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I got to bring this up, people. I got to bring this up. So I had a post that went into the Nacho Kids Facebook group. Not the page, the Facebook group. You expect some kind of pushback on the pages sometimes from posts. It said something similar to the effect of, let the bio parent parent, and just because they're not parenting like you think they should doesn't mean it's wrong. You know how many people wanted to argue about that? <laughs> really? Yeah. Half of them thought that I was referring to the bio mom. <laughs> then the other half was like, oh, they don't parent at all. And yes, it's wrong. And, you know, talking about, well, if it's neglecting the kid, people, people. I don't know what is going on with the earth and some kind of richer grade crap or something, but something's happening. <laughs> Because posts that I have posted for years, all of a sudden, people are just misunderstanding and saying, oh, well, maybe she should have been clearer. You want me to write a paragraph or a meme? <laughs> and it's like you said, David, Laura Petherbridge says something about don't hear what I'm not saying. Mm -hmm. Don't read what ain't wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that don't hear what I'm not saying, that should definitely be a t-shirt. Yeah, make us one. Make a note. I'm I'll serious. Because it. I don't know why, but it's driving me like bonkers. So I'm having to nacho some of those posts on my posts. Yep. All right, let's get to it. You finished your ranting? I am. So if people, <laughs> if you really want help, and you don't want to just read a bunch of crap on Facebook and the Facebook group of people arguing with the people that created the method, and you want to learn how to do it properly and change your blend, you need to join the Nacho Kids Academy. David, right. tell them about it. It's at nachokids.com. No, no, it's at nachokidsacademy.com. <laughs> it's at nachokidsacademy.com. Go check it out. And um, hey, guess what? There's, what? A there's a money back guarantee, 30-day money back guarantee. Get in there. If it's not for you, you don't feel like it's working or whatever the case might be, then go on your merry way. Ask for a refund. We'll give it to you. Yep. We're, we're just wanting you to give it a try. Yep. If, you, if you don't see some improvement within 30 days and you've put the the practices into into practice. <laughs> if if you don't see anything, then okay. It, well, in twenty eight days because it renews at thirty days. But yes, yeah, all right, twenty eight, so twenty nine days. So there you go. Yep. So you have no reason not to get help, people. Nope. I think some people are scared it's going to work, and then they're like, "Oh well, now I gotta now I gotta keep paying for it because it's working." <laughs> but a, a lot of it is that. People don't want to see themselves as part of the problem. Why should I join and get help when he's the problem? And that's not the case. And we're not going to get into all that right now, David, because we've went way too long with this intro. Yeah. So, well, it's, it's like any anything else in life. You can't look for a way to continue doing the same thing you've been doing, but still get different results. Yep. Definition of insanity, folks. Yep. All right. Let's get to listening. All right. Today, we have stepmom Lala. Hey, Lala, how are you? 
I'm good. How are you? Good. I have to laugh at Lala because I automatically think of the Teletubbies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Lala, yes. poo. <laughs> you are funny that you're bringing up Teletubbies. <laughs> well, that's you what I always have think about. You don't little kids anymore, do you? <laughs> no, my son's 17. <laughs> yeah. But Teletubbies, they were around then. They were. Yeah. They were. My kids would watch them once in a while if I allowed it. All right. So, Lala, how long have you been blending? It'll be seven years this summer. Come on. Sound a little more excited. <laughs> it will be seven years this summer. Woohoo! Yes. Yes. We've had ups and downs. Oh, we've all had ups I and have, downs. Yes. 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 I have one stepson and three bio sons. They're all boys. There's four of them. Kind of similar to your situation, only one less, right? How many do you have? Yeah. Five between us. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I had, I have my three are 16, 14 and 10 and his is 10. So the two youngest there, we call them step twins. Oh yeah. They're in the same class at school. They they're together all the time. Basically they're three weeks apart. Oh my goodness. Age. I know it's crazy. Right. And people will see us, they see our family and they just assume we're a, you know, a regular family. Right. They don't have any, cause they kind of look they like they could be brothers, you know? Right. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, I know. Um, Jackson actually looks more like David than he does me. <laughs> That's funny. And so people just automatically assume, they like assume. you said, that, yeah. Yeah, that all, they're all my kids and you find yourself feeling like you have to explain things to people. Right. And I've thought about this. I'm like, why do I feel the necessity to explain it? You know, oh, no, they're not. Those four aren't mine. They're my stepkids, whatever. And I think it's because we are so forced by other people to make us pretend we're one big happy family that we want to clarify. Oh, yes. I also feel like it's different in every situation. If it's just some... Joe on the street saying, Oh, you got this, this phrase I hear all the time is you got your hands full lady. I hear that all the time mm-hmm. when they see all the, the, the pile of boys that we're just with all, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, if it's just some Joe on the street, I'm like, yep, yes, I do. Cause I do, I do have my hands full, but if it's somebody that I know I'm going to have somewhat of a relationship with, then I'll say, Oh, we're blended. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also am careful because I don't ever want to hurt like my stepson's feelings or make him feel like, Oh, he's not mine. Yeah. I don't want to make him feel bad. You know, he calls me mom and and stuff. So it, I, I kind of go, gauge by how he's reacting to it. Mm-hmm. So if I see that he doesn't want to claim me in the moment, then I just, then I'll say, yeah, he's my stepson. He's my sweet stepson, you know? Right. But if he does want me to claim him, if it, there's a moment where he's like kind of wanting me to claim him to feel like he's part of the family, then I do. You know, I try to gauge by him. I don't ever want to hurt his feelings. Yeah, or or ever claim that, like I'm claiming him when he doesn't want to be claimed by me. Maybe he's annoyed with me in the moment, you know? Right. And he's like, I'm not your kid, type of thing, you know. I'm gonna have to ask my stepkids because I know there were several times that somebody would say your mom, and they would say she's not my mom, she's my stepmom. Right. Right. And and that never offended me. Me either. And I remember we went on a cruise and so we were like in the Bahamas or something. And this lady's like, oh, you got your hand full, you know, whatever. Yeah. All those kids. And I know that's a horrible <laughs> representation of Accent. how they speak, yeah. but 
you know, I just, at that time, I just looked at them all and I was waiting for somebody to say it and none of us said it. We just all smiled and walked on. <laughs> right. So right. it was like, okay, but I'm going to have to ask them that because I don't think they've ever wanted me to consider them like mine or to say they were mine. Right. In fact, I, I mean, I'd be willing to bet that they would go, no, that's just weird. Right, right, right. And I don't even, when I say that, I don't think I, I think, I don't ever think he's wants me to say he's my son or like make people believe that, but to just not call it out every single time, like, Oh, he's not mine. You know? And just be more, you know, sensitive to the situation and how maybe he's feeling or in the moment. Yeah. And that makes sense. Right. I'm definitely going to have to ask my stepkids that though. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Be like, was there ever times that I said, no, that's my stepkid. And you were like, Oh, why'd she have to say that? They'll probably be like, no, we wanted to make sure everybody knew you weren't our mama because you're crazy. Right. How do your stepson and bio son get along? Because we see a lot of where the step siblings, especially if they're close in age, they don't get along and they cause problems right. for the other one at school and right. all that stuff. You know, it's been a long time now. We got married when they were four. They were little. And at least in my opinion, that's little. I, yeah, I know that everyone, is little. some people get, you know, and so they, they, we started, they, it's always been a good thing. Mostly there are times like when they, st- when they went into first grade, they, they were in the same class together and it was kind of rough. My stepson, he gets distracted very easily and he can be all over the place and then kind of involved my kid into it as well. And then they both get in trouble. And so when they got into second grade, we said, please don't put them in the same class again. Like, you know, it was fine when they were little, but I think they kind of need their own space. So Mm -hmm. we separated them. There are times when it's, I, I, people always ask that same question. How do you, how do they get along? Well, they're, they get along like brothers. They love, hate each other. Yes. Yes. And that was one of the things that I was going to ask you because even with Jackson. Now, granted, he was younger than the triplets, but if they hurt him or he started crying or something, my response was to get mad at them. And David's response to them was stay away from him. Don't play with him. Right. Well, you know what? My sisters and I fought like crazy. Yes. And that's how we bonded. I know. So I had to stop stepping in every time Jackson would get his feelings hurt because number one, he needed to learn how to handle that on himself. Right. And number two, I was stopping them from bonding. Yeah. Now, granted, if they were hurting, hurting him, that's a different story. Yes, that's different. Right. Right, right, right. No, I, I totally agree. Like there are sometimes we just need to just back out as parents, let them learn how to communicate, let them fight it out sometimes within reason, obviously, but yeah, but there's also this other element when they have, when it's a step sibling and they fight, for example, he, my stepson used to bite all the time. I'm, you know, four or five, six year old biting. That's not oh, yeah. good, you know? And so he'd bite my son. And then, then I had this underline, not if it was my, both of my kids, it would be different, but because it's a stepson, now I'm worried. What's my son going to go tell his bio dad? Oh, my stepbrother. But now I'm afraid of this interaction with bio dad. And he's going to get upset that my stepson is biting my son. It's like this fear, constant fear. Cause if you don't, if you're not in, if you're in some sort of high conflict relationship with your ex now, now you're living in this fear-based thing. Like 
it's not just two kids fighting anymore. Now mm-hmm. I've got to fight with my ex about it too. Right. It's, it's hard. You know, there's a lot of feelings there and a lot of underlying situations going on. It's not just two kids fighting sometimes. Yes. And when you said that, I was like, yes, fear drives a lot of the decisions that we make in our yep. lives, whether yes, it's yes. like you said, the situation with the stepkid biting your kid and you have to deal with the ex or even as simple as the guilty parent syndrome, which is not simple, yeah. but we have guilty parent syndrome because yes, we do. of the fear that that child is going to want to go live with the other parent. Right. Or we're afraid that they're going to grow up and look back at their childhood and be like, what a crap childhood I, I had. Yes. You know, there was so little joy. That's one of my biggest fears because like, I just really don't, every time we have to make exchanges or this long, we have a long drive to make exchanges. The kids are just at this point where they're very frustrated with their father. They don't want to make this drive. They feel like he's kind of controlling and they butt heads a lot. And there's a lot of emotion there and they're kind of done with him. And it's very sad. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid. So like, I try to make this, the exchanges more pleasant. Okay, let's stop and get some food on the way home. Let's bring some things in the car that make it better. Let's do this or that or like trying to make it more pleasant. And someone from the outside could look in on that and be like, you are spoiling them rotten. Like, or when they leave, if I choose to clean their room while they're gone right. and not leave it a mess for them when they come home. It's like some parents do that. They choose to leave it. A mess. Well, that's their, their mess. They have to, and that's their business right. Good for them. If that works for them. Excellent. But for me, there's times when I have time, I'm like, you know what? I want them to come home and feel happy and relaxed and Mm stress-free. So I'm going to clean it this time. And, and for me, that works because I don't want to ever look back and be like, why was I such a butthead about this or that? We could have had much more pleasant experiences around all this stuff. If I had just done a B or C, right. Let, let let loose a little bit on that or stop being so strict with this. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that that comes from, we're trying so hard as parents to be good parents, you know, and like mm-hmm. teach our kids a lesson and all right. these things, but it's so much of it backfires and it's not worth the lesson. What we don't have time to teach our kids, life will teach them. It's okay. Yes, you are so right. And I think a lot of my guilty parent syndrome, because I freely admit that I have it, is because I don't have good childhood memories. Right. And I don't want Jackson to be like, all she ever did was fuss at me. Oh, yeah. And my mama, God rest her soul, even after she dies, she fusses at me in my dreams. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not kidding. Yeah, it never ends. I'm like, really? Oh, Oh." (laughs) that's hard. But we do have a tendency to remember the bad. Yes. It's our mind's way of protecting us. But we have to force ourselves to remember the good. Yes. We, we even bought journals for our kids a couple of years ago. And we're like, we have moments where we sit down and we write, write in here, write a story about whatever, write something good that happened, something bad that happened. Just write about because it. It remembering it is half the battle. Mm-hmm. So we'll sit down and sometimes we'll be like, okay, let's talk about something the highs and the lows of the day. Yeah. And just, it's so hard, even just at the end of the night to remember just that day. I know. (laughs) I know. I did did that with Jackson. I got him a journal 
And this was several years ago. And we would both, I would go in there at night and we would take 10 minutes and we would both write in our own journals. And it was great, great. But needless to say, it fell to the wayside because one night he was tired, one night I was tired, whatever. But I do think it's important for kids to do that. (laughs) But I can see it now. It's like, oh, did you have a good day? And they're like, yes, go write it down. Go write it down right now. Right, right. (laughs) So you don't forget. So I can tell you to go back and look on this date that you had a good day. Totally. Mm -hmm. So we didn't talk about how often you have your stepson and your bio kids. So how often do you have stepson? Um, He's 50-50. And over the past seven years that we've been together, it's been... they're very flexible with that 50 50. And so there have been times where mom was like in training for a a certain job and she was gone for six months, uh, you know, and she'd see him once a month or something. Uh, There have been times where she had him much longer, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's been very ebb and flow. You know, that 50 50 is not a hard 50 50. Right. My kid, my kids, I have most of the time they see their dad. We have agreed upon because he lives three hours away. So um, we've agreed upon like one visit a month. We share all the holidays. He gets them for five weeks over the summer and he's welcome to come up anytime, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but it's, it's, they're here most of the time with me. So did you move after you and your husband split up or did he move? We split up and I wound up, I don't say I moved because I didn't choose to. <laughs> okay. I wound up with, living with my parents again because of a lot of conflict with my ex and I had, he had moved out. I I had asked him to move out against his will when we divorced and he didn't want to. Then a few weeks later, I went home for Thanksgiving, which, uh, you know, 300 miles away to my home with my parents. And he moved back into the house while I was gone. And yeah, a lot of things happened. He, I told him, please get out or I'm, I'm not coming back. That sneaky scoundrel. Yeah, he would not get out. And this is, this, this is my story is not unique. I hear this stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and I look back and I feel bad for him. He was grasping at straws. He wanted so badly to force us back together, you know? Mm-hmm. But I was, it, so, way too much had happened. And it was like, no. So he moved back in and I stayed and then he filed and said that I had abandoned him and kidnapped the children. It was a big disaster. It was like total high conflict and just a nightmare, absolute nightmare. And I cannot imagine the court crap you went through with that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was not just then it was then after we both remarried, it was more of of a custody battle because stepmom got involved and stirring the pot and (laughs) Stepmom saying, you should get your kids more. You need to have them full time. Yes, you should have. Yep. Yep. You should have your kids more because he wasn't happy. And I understand he was, he was unhappy and a lot of it felt unfair to him. And I get that. I I do understand that he was in pain. We all were, we were all in so much pain, but it it was like her coming in and trying to fix his life for him. Mm -hmm. And it, it just did not help. It made everything worse. Yeah, and then if he would have gotten just a full custody for some reason, then she would be in one of these Facebook groups saying how she yep, regretted yep. pushing him to get full custody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were definitely, they, he, he was trying to put me in jail so he could have the kids full time. He Like literally, like it was a disaster. Oh my there was gosh. nothing he could put me in jail for, like it was a joke. 
I realize now at the time I was in extreme anxiety filled, like all the time. Yes. That, that whole year, you know, like afraid that I was being watched, that he was trying to find something on me that he, what, cause I kept thinking like, what's in his mind? Like he thinks he can put me in jail for what, what does he have on me? Mm-hmm. So then I start imagining in my mind, like, what have I done that would let, lead him and his lawyer to believe that they could actually pull this off? I must've done something. Then I'd like go into this crazy rabbit hole of I must have done something. I'm I'm a terrible mother. I must have done something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and I look back at all of it and like how miserable all oh, it was just it was absolute terror and misery and the money that we dumped into all of that. It was just a dark dark time and I feel so bad for when people are going through this stuff and I hear their stories. So many of my friends come to me and we talk because they know I've been through it. Mm-hmm. And so I've become like this quote unquote experienced sounding board for so many other people, you know, but it it was just terrible at the time. It was absolutely terrible. So anyone going through that, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I really am. And it was bad for him too. I don't like ever like casting this dark shadow on another human being. Like there's some evil devil. I really don't, you know, when you're going through it, it feels that way. It does. But like having come through on the other end, I see why he did the things that he did. I see it. Mm-hmm. I get it. He was scared. He was trying to put things back together in his own way. He thought that that was the best thing to do. He was listening to his wife. They thought they could do it. They thought, you know, yes. And it just, you know, and it's sad. It's so sad. It is. He could have moved, right? Right. He could have, but he didn't want to leave her. (laughs) The new girlfriend. Yeah. He didn't want to leave her. And I get that. And he had a, you know, he, he had a job, which uh, the type of job that he has, he probably could have, I know he could have gotten it anywhere. I'm just not going to be nice anymore. It's so hard to be nice all the time. (laughs) You don't have to be nice all the time. You're allowed. (laughs) Yes. He could have gotten that job anywhere. He could have come and been closer to his kids. Uh, And then when I did find my new husband, eventually, we got married and I moved 200 miles closer to him. And that's when he took me back to court. Like, how dare you move? You didn't consult with me. And now I'm taking you to jail and I'm taking the kids. I'm like, I moved closer. You allowed me to move this far, 300 miles away. I'm yeah. allowed to move anywhere closer. I'm allowed. Right. You know, and he was just upset. He wanted the kids. He wanted the kids. He wanted to have control over things. And he lost that control. He lost the control that he, he he loved to have. Right. And that that was real hard for him, like really, really hard for him. In their eyes, I'm high conflict bio mom. Mm-hmm. Like you can just call me that the rest of the show. High <laughs> conflict bio mom. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, in there. I know that that's what I am to them. And mm-hmm. I, I'm okay with that because I, whatever, whenever I hear that term, I it, it really rubs me the wrong way because it's like, who's say, who's, who, who named you that? Mm-hmm. Like, Who's talking? Because sometimes I listen to this podcast and some of the people that are talking, I'm like, honey, you brought that on yourself. Like hearing the stories that people share mm-hmm. and it just blows my mind. I'm like, how is Lori holding this together? I want to work this woman's eyeballs out. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I could have been viewed as a high conflict by a mom. Right. Oh, yeah. My son was a baby. His dad and I split up when I was pregnant. Oh, so he's going uh, to his dad's. And I was the one that wrote down the medicine. 
give him this every so often, last given at such and such. Well, you see it in Facebook groups all the time. Stepmoms are like, yeah, bio mom sent this with instructions. Like, we don't know how to give medicine. Yep. yep. Well, we do that to make sure our kid is taken care of. So there's that fine line of being a high-conflict bio parent and just trying to make sure your kid's taken care of. Absolutely. Like, I think back to things that occurred that I know just bugged the heck out of them. And yeah, like my little boy, he was two when we separated. Mm -hmm. I hadn't even potty trained him yet. He was on the verge of getting potty trained. So he really had a rough time going on the visits to his dad's because he was a mama's boy. He had like separation anxiety and it only got worse because of the visitations. Mm -hmm. And when they remarried, when he got married and I'd have to send my little boy, he would send his wife. Instead of coming his on his own, more often than not, the first two, three years, she was making those long trips all alone. And then my kids, like they never did as well with her. They wanted dad. They didn't know her as well. So like my little one, he'd get in the car with her and then he'd be crying and crying. And I'm like oh. ripping him off of my shirt to get in the car And then he gets in the car and then he wants to call me. I want to talk to mommy. I want to talk. Then I talked to him the entire hour and a half on the way back to there. I'm sure she was just shaking her head, her little head, you know, like super annoyed with the fact that I'm not like, you need to buck up to my, to my four-year-old. And I'm trying to make it more positive for him. So, okay. Oh, this is going to help. I'll talk to you. Then he comes home from the trip and he's like, mom, I just miss you so much when I'm gone. I just, it's just so hard for me to be there. Um, and I ask my kid, what would help you? And he says, can, can I have a picture of you? Oh. Right. And this is so, it sounds so innocent. So I said, I put a family picture in a children's book. And I said to my son, keep this in this book. Do not take it out. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Right. Please just leave it in the book. At night, you you can look at it. You leave the book under your pillow and you can see it. Well, he didn't do that, apparently. He was taking it out and he was showing stepmom and dad. And apparently she she makes comments a lot, like these these uh, these really passive aggressive comments like, oh, your mom's just, she just wants you to be sad when you're here type of thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, so then this comes back to me because I have two older sons who tell me everything. And she makes these comments and she does these things. And I'm like, that is not what happened. Like, if she only knew what happened, like, I wasn't like, here, take this photo of me and put it on your wall at your at your dad's house. Not at all. I'm like, hide it. They don't yep. need to be seeing this picture. Please keep it in this book. I, I really don't want my face in their house. Like, right. Giving them bad vibes. I don't need that. But he did it. You know, he did that. And I tr- was trying to make him comfort. So in their eyes, I'm sure high conflict bio mom. That's what they're seeing that I just can't let go. And, you know, and, oh, it's just a really hard thing. It really is. Yes. Uh, My kids are like that. My three boys are very much like that. Like they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to upset dad. Mm -hmm. They don't want to make him feel bad. So they don't speak up. The older they're getting, the more they're able to, but, oh my goodness, they come home and tell me things. And I'm like, did you tell dad? They're like, no, why? Why bother telling him anything? He's just going to fight it. He's just going to da 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 da. And so they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to deal mm-hmm. with the conflict. And so they keep their mouth shut. 
And I'm like, that's not helping anything. You guys need to start speaking up, voicing your opinion. You, you're not always going to get what you want just because you open your mouth, but you need to practice. You yes. need to practice saying how you feel. You can't tell them what to do. This is what I, because it's really hard to deal with dad. And so I'm, I tell them, because he's like, oh, you respect and all that stuff. And so, and I get that they should respect their father. So if dad's asking you to do something, you need to do it. But it doesn't hurt. You can say, dad, when you do this, it makes me feel like this. You right. can't tell dad what to do. You can't tell him, you dad, dad, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't talk about mom. You could say, dad, when you talk like that, or you say this or, or to the stepmom, when you say this about my mom, it makes me feel like this. And it makes me not want to be here. It makes me feel like I don't want to be here. That's not hurting anybody. Right. You're just telling he the truth. He can't tell you how to feel. Right. He can't tell you how to feel. He can't correct you on those feelings. Mm-hmm. You should share. Yep. You know? Yep. And so we do role plays in the house so that when they have really hard, awkward moments with dad, that they will know how to speak to him and how to, you know, better communicate because some adults are just difficult and they think that kids are just, you're under my thumb and that's how it's going to be forever. Even when you're 16, 17 years old, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. You're my son. Right. They want to have their, their relationship like that with their kid that's on them, but the kid needs to slowly learn that they can share how they feel. They might not get what they want, but they need to share how they feel. Mm -hmm. You're right. And I have to remind them, I don't give you everything you want, but you're not saying these things about me. And they're like, yeah, but you're different. You let us talk to you. I'm like, so then that's the, if that's the problem, then, then you need to figure out a way to talk to him in a respectful way. And this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. It's been a long road, man. It is because when your kids tell you something like that, your mommy heart breaks. Yep. Because you weren't there to protect them. And you can't be. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. In some situations, like mine, if I would have said anything, it would have caused retaliation against my son. Yes. Like he would get mad at your kid for talking about what goes. Yeah. Right. Right. And they don't realize the relationship or how they are damaging the relationship that they have with their kids. Totally. Yes. And I had to have, I, after all these years, I had to sit down with my ex a few months ago. I told him, listen, I just have to tell you what's going on. You can continue as you are, continue doing whatever you want. I'm just going to let you know what's going on on the other end. This is what the kids are, how they're feeling. Well, why don't they tell me? Because you're hard to talk to. You're hard to talk to. So they, they have a hard time expressing these things to you. So if you want that to continue, then keep doing what you're doing. Go ahead. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm just letting you know that, you know, you got the minute they're 18, they're done. They don't want this anymore. They don't want to be controlled anymore. They don't want to walk on eggshells around you anymore. Mm-hmm. But if you're okay with how things are and you still want that control until they're 18, you're great. You're doing a great job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he, I can't tell him anything to do what to do. You know, mm-hmm. he's just got to figure it out on his own. I can kind of give him little vibes of here and there what's going on, but that's few and far between. That's the only time I've ever done that is once mm-hmm. in all these years. We haven't been together in almost nine years. And one time I, I, I shared. Yep. And it did no good. I mean, it, it, in the moment, it felt like he was listening. But I know, I know how he is, you know. And, and maybe, maybe he'll change a little, little tiny bit here and there. It's up to him. It's really up to him. Yep. And, and the thing is, is it's hard because they're not, do, they're not physically hurting the kids. They're not 
doing anything that I could take to court and be like, that I'm willing to fight about at court because how many of our parents that we, that my parents stayed together, I can't even begin to tell you the things my father did that were so borderline. Oh, I know. I know. But because we're together in an intact family, it just, nobody's going to take you to court about it. Right. So I'm like, you know what? Parents are hard, you guys. We're Mm -hmm. hard. We're difficult. I'm not perfect. What you need to do is look at your parents, see all the great things about them, pick them out and be that. And then all the things you dislike, make a goal for yourself that you're not going to do that thing. Yes. You're right. Like learn from us. Mm -hmm. We're not perfect. Neither of us. None None of us are perfect. So it's like, look at the great things and glean from that. And mm-hmm. all the others, make a goal. Write them down. Write all the stuff you hate about us. Write it down and say, I'm never going to do this thing to my kids. Ever. Right. right. And then when you're hollering at your kid and you feel like your mom and you're like, oh my God, I'm acting just like my mom, then just stop yourself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I also think that it's good for us when we are in those moments where we're like, oh my gosh, I sound just like my dad or my mom. I think that's good for us to realize what what your mom was going through in that moment. Yes. And why maybe why maybe she did that or why he acted that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Be- because it's so easy to judge when you've never been in their situation. It's so simple to to hate them for something when yes. you had no clue. Honey, my mama had three daughters. We were all five years apart. And I'd say my older sister and I were both rebel children. Right. I understand why she was miserable most of the time. <laughs> I understand why she said ugly words to us sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I understand why she just wanted Calgon to take her away. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Calgon, take me away. <laughs> we bought her so much Calgon for Mother's Day and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't even know what Calgon is. I just know that advertisement. What the heck is Calgon? It's uh like you put it in the bath water and it makes your skin soft and smooth, but you have oh. to be careful because it can grease up the bathtub and you can fall. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. I'm 44 and I did not ever know what that was. <laughs> hey, I wonder if they still make it. I'll have to look. Yeah. I'll have to get some. <laughs> yes. Because now you need it. Yes. Well, you and I were talking before we started recording about expectations. Yes. And. I had mentioned that in a previous podcast, and I've thought this several times, but who are we to impose expectations on other people? Absolutely. Even outside of the blend, I expect the lady at McDonald's to be nice to me. Why? Right, right. Because she's doing her job? Well, they don't train them like they do at Chick-fil-A, obviously. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Chick-fil-A is superior in customer service. Yes. But- who are we to put these expectations on people? And all it does is cause disappointment on our end. Absolutely. Yes. I feel so strongly about this topic because if there's one thing I've learned, not only in blended families, but especially in blended families, but everywhere in life is the, the saddest we are is when we're trying to force other people to do what we want them to do. Mm-hmm. Anytime we think, oh, this needs to happen and it doesn't happen we're upset and they're upset for having been tried to force them to do this thing. And I specifically noticed that with my stepson's parents, my husband and his, his ex-wife, even though 
I feel like I'm, I'm older than them and more experienced than them. They have the one kid and I have the three. It doesn't, none of that matters. This boy has two parents who love him. And just because they might love and show their love in a different way than I think that it should be shown, it doesn't mean that I'm better or that I know better. Right. Yes. They're doing their thing and they're doing the best thing for, for their kid that they mm-hmm. think they should do. Yes. And I think it's funny because a lot of times, like with David, I would think that he should handle his kids a certain way. Right. Right. But when it comes to Jackson, I don't do it that way. Yeah. It's like I had higher expectations for my stepkids and for David it's being so their parent. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy because the kid does something wrong and you're like, how can we not enforcing the, the rule that we made or the punishment that we decided on? Mm-hmm. And it's like, because in my mind, I have this going on and this, and I know why the kid did this. And I understand why this happened. And I'm showing grace in the moment. And I'm sorry that you can't show grace in the moment because you're stepdad and you just want to be strict, 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 you know, mm-hmm. about, about it because you're annoyed. And I get that because I feel the same way when it, it, it happened when it's his son. Sometimes I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. pull up your britches and, and you know, <laughs> Hike up those breeches and be a man and whoop that youngin. <laughs> yes, yes. Sometimes it's just, it's hard to sit back and watch somebody else parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But again, who are we to say that they're parenting wrongly? Exactly. Like this, my son and my stepson, they're going into middle school next year. And so my stepson's parents were talking about what they were going to do with, you know, whose, whose house he was going to go to after because he's kind of getting old enough to be home alone, you know, for periods of time because she works full, mom works full time. And so there would be, if he went home to that house, he'd be in the house alone. Like if he went on the bus until she got home and they're discussing what would be better. And in my mind, I'm thinking I would much prefer my kid to go to a house that there's parents in because my husband works from home. I work from home. We're here. And they, he'd have his stepbrothers here instead of letting my 11 year old go to the house and be home for who knows how long until I got home off the freeway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then in my mind, and so I didn't say anything. I didn't voice anything because they, they, they had decided that he was going to go to her house. And, and so I just kept my mouth shut because I don't know what's best because in my mind, this is what I thought. Well, you know what? This kid who, who can't do his homework without anybody standing over him, do it. Maybe this is exactly what he needs. Maybe because he wants so much to go and be independent and be home alone and have that feeling. Maybe because he wants it so bad, he will do everything right so that he can keep that privilege. Right. Because in the back of his mind, he knows that he's going to get sent to our house if he screws up or if he doesn't get his homework done. You know what? Maybe that's what this kid needs. Maybe his parents are right. You know what? Back off. Right. Back off. Let them make their decisions. Let let the kid grow. Let the parents grow on their own. They don't need me buttoning in every five seconds. Right. And, you know, there's no handbook on how to be a parent. Nope. And it's so much easier to look at our significant others or their exes and think that we could do a better job. Yes. It's ignorant, actually, to feel that way. You it's are very exactly ignorant. right. And, yeah. and it's rude. It's rude. It's condescending. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many things wrong with that. Like, like uh, I can, I have so many stories. Like, <laughs> I 
don't even know what to share. <laughs> oh my goodness. It is, it, it's rude and it, it's just wrong. If the roles were reversed, for example, if my son had that option, whether to, I, I'm working full-time outside of the house, let's say, and my husband is also working and my, my one son was going to come home and be alone at my house, or he had the option of going to his step-parents house or, or you know, other parents' house who's everyone's home. But my son is saying to me, no, I really would like to go home to your house, mom. I would really prefer that. I, I want that. I can do it. If my son was saying that to me, it, it's a whole different story now, right? Yep. Suddenly it's a different story. And mm-hmm. I, so I understand why they were want, wanting to let him give it a shot. I get it. Right. So then all my judgments, my initial, I didn't say anything. It was just my initial thoughts of like, oh, that kind of makes me nervous for him that he's going to be alone. But all those initial thoughts and fears were kind of like out the window when I started thinking of it in a different perspective. Yeah. And how far away does bio mom live? I mean, if she's in town. Okay. Yeah. So if he needed somebody, he's good. Yeah, we're right here. Yeah. If he needed us, we we, we could be there in 10 minutes. No big whoop. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's really not a big whoop. We we love to blow things out of proportion, don't we? Yes. (laughs) We all do. And it's funny because... You can look at something that happened, I don't know, a month ago, and about how mad you got about something. Right. And if we're lucky, we can look back and go, that was stupid. I was completely off base. I should not have gotten that angry about whatever it was. And then you can look at it and say, you know what? It wasn't that issue that was the problem. It was that I'm dealing with this court crap, that I'm dealing with the ex, that I'm, you know, all this stuff that made us react the way that we did. And it's so yeah. important that we learn to control our emotions and not take them out on our significant other, our kids, our stepkids, the neighbor, whoever. Absolutely. I've learned so much from all of this because it takes practice to be the bigger person and look past all of that. It really does. And the history of things. Like, I think that is a really important thing for people who are coming into a blend need to understand that there is so much history involved there. Like my kids, step mom, there's so much that happened that I just want them to understand like how you came into the relationship matters, how you, how you entered it matters. And sometimes there's the feelings hurt so much that it could take years and sometimes never, people might never get over those hurt feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I had to disengage for a year. I mean, that's a long time. Yes. But the stepkids and I and David all had to heal from the hurt that we had experienced. Right. It's as if you're grieving that family that you had. There, there hasn't been a death, but there may as well have been because you're grieving that family unit and it's painful. Mm-hmm. And the things that, that were done to each person in the family, like it, it all is in a different way, but everyone has grief that they're dealing with. Every single person, every child has grief that they're dealing with. Yes. And it's painful for everybody involved, mm-hmm. you know, especially when there, there might have been some sort of abuse or betrayal or or something like that. And you're still having to parent with these people. You're still having to share your kid with these people. And right. that's hard. It's hard to for forgiveness takes a long time. 
And that trust to build that trust again, like, can I really trust you? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's not easy. That's for sure. No, it is not. And 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 if we could all like be a little more understanding of each other and where we're coming from in mm-hmm. that aspect, it would help tremendously. Don't just expect to come in and be like, I'm going to take over and I'm going to be the best stepmom in the world. And I'm just going to make, it's like, it's like they, these women, they want to come in and help. And I get that. I'm, I'm that way. Uh-huh. We all want to step in and just save the world. I'm going to put my cape on and I'm going to, and you can't do, that's not what we need you for. Mm-hmm. That's not what you need to be. Right. And we have the best of intentions. Yes. It's like, it, it grieves you to see your spouse. You're supposed to be making your spouse happy. You're supposed to bring them this joy. And when they're, when your spouse is still crying because of the kids, then you're like, okay, like, we're going to fix this. You know, we're going to wipe this clean and fix it. And we'll all make you happy one way or another. I'm going to make you happy. You can't. Yep. We need to stop forcing that and, and, and having this expectation that I'm going to make my spouse happy by parenting in this way or butting in in this way, that's not helping. Right. And you cannot expect somebody else to create your happiness. Right. And people laugh at me because I buy myself birthday presents. (laughs) If I want a cake, I buy me a cake. Yes. For for Christmas, I buy myself Christmas presents. Because You're a smart lady. (laughs) Well, David's like, I wish that you would tell me something to get you. Because it's like, you always get what you want. And I'm like, but I'm never disappointed. Yeah. A lot of people will think, oh, well, I want my husband to acknowledge me. Magically know what I want. Exactly. Make an Amazon wish list. Right. Except make it easy for the guy. Come on. Yeah. And if you want your significant other to recognize you on Mother's Day, then tell them. Yes. Mother's Day's coming Maybe. up. I want some flowers. Yeah, make a little list of what you want to happen. But then what happens is, you know, so, so many women are like, well, I do. I did make the list and not one thing happened on the list, you know? And then they, then they feel like they have a right to be upset because the list didn't happen and I did make a list. That's right. So just buy yourself stuff, people. Exactly. <laughs> you, that, and that goes back to what we were saying before about expecting and forcing people to do things. Like we can't. Right. If that's not how they show love, then, and that's how you want them to, maybe you're not with the right person. Yes. I remember a friend of mine, we were talking about boyfriends. This was many years ago. And she was mad that her boyfriend didn't call her. And he said, do you want me to call you because I want to or because you want me to? Right. She said, both. (laughs) Yes, right. I Yeah, that's what I want. I want both, but you can't always have what you want. Right, but her reaction to him not calling made him feel obligated to oh, call yeah. when he right. didn't want to. Yep. And it's okay to not talk to your significant other 800 times a day. Right. But some people want that, and, and that's not right to impose that onto somebody else. Right. You have to figure out what you need, and if your significant other can provide fulfill those needs. Right. If, if they can't, that's okay. That's just not who they are. Yes, exactly. And and we, we you can open your mind and notice what they do do to show their love. It might not be something that you're even noticing. Right. Like 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 I have a friend her husband would wake up every morning and run a bath for her because the shower irritated her skin. And that was his way of showing his love. She 
But then she'd get frustrated because he didn't get her teddy bears for uh-huh. Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. And I'm like, he runs a bath for you every day. <laughs> but you know what? Him doing that every day created expectations. Yep. Yes. Yep. And I always say expectations negate appreciation. Right. So you got to shake it up. Don't always cook dinner. Don't always run, <laughs> run the bath. Yeah, because you get, you get used to it. Yes, you do. And we're all creatures of habit. You're absolutely right. We get used to it. And mm-hmm. then we get frustrated when it doesn't happen. Well, it's kind of the same thing with the stepkids. I did a lot with them, but once I started not showing, when they didn't have their favorite cereal, it wasn't my responsibility. So they realized, wait a minute, Lori's the one that got our favorite cereal. Yeah. And they appreciated when I did get them that cereal. Yes. Whereas before, it was expected. It was just expected. And when it wasn't there, they were mad at you. Right. So it's like the exact opposite. Yeah. It, before it would be, you let us run out. Now, yes. uh, little Johnny, you're the one that left the empty box in the pantry. In the so cabinet. I thought we had yeah. it. Yeah. But then, you know, once I started nachoing, they'd be like, Dad, we're out of such and such. He's like, oh, well, you'll have to wait till I go to the grocery store or you can ask Lori if she minds getting it. Yeah. And there's some things that we just have to just be okay with my stepson's the only one who drinks cow's milk the rest of us the five of us do not we all drink you know nut milks and so he gets mad my stepson gets upset when if it's not in the house but then he's not here as much so it's constantly going rotten so i i decided okay i'm just going to get a little the half one the smaller container and i'll just always have a smaller container and when it's rotten i throw it away and i get a new one i'm not going to get mad about it anymore it's like i just made a decision Cause I wanted that for him. I wanted him to have his milk mm-hmm. and it was a choice that I made. I could have decided, I could have said to my husband, you're in charge, you know, nachoed it. I could have nachoed it, but my way of nachoing it is different. I decided I'm just going to get it. When it goes bad, I get a new one. I'm going to, it's just going to be uh, an expense that I have. And that's just what I do. That's how I nachoed it. There's a lot of ways to nacho. That's what I learned. Right. As yes. long as you're at peace in your heart, you're nachoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I think, you know? Well, when I started nachoing, it wasn't necessarily out of love for my stepkids because we were in a bad place, but it was out of love for my husband. Yes, absolutely. And then over time, I learned to love those little crazy stepkids for who they are as people, not because they're David's kids, but who they are, their own personalities, their own drives. It's funny because... Of course, it went through my head like it does many stepmoms that these kids are never going to leave the house and all that stuff. But one of them that we thought for sure would be the one that struggled the most just because he was always good at everything, but never really seemed to have a goal. Right. And he is my motivational speaker. I can call him and he'll say, Lori, I'm so proud of you. You're doing great. And, you know, if he knows that we've got to speak somewhere, he's like, don't be nervous. You know what you're talking about. You know how to help people. And I'm like, I cannot believe this child. (laughs) Yeah. Is my little motivational speaker. Yes, totally. Like, I love it. And then he'll say, I listened to something and he'll send me the link. And I'm like, you're listening to stuff that's not just stupid YouTube stuff. Like, it's important stuff. So I'm, I'm really impressed and with these kids. And he's trying to share it with you. Yes. 
Like like your friends, like you have a relationship outside of step parenting. Yes, exactly. You have a human relationship. Yes, and that's what we all should strive for. Absolutely. The reason that I'm here today is because I had emailed you or, or sent you a message on Instagram and told you about how my kid's stepmom nachoed my kids and it was the best thing she ever did for any of us. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it has been so much nicer. Like like I mentioned earlier in the conversation she was overly involved, constantly st- trying to stir the pot. I know that she was putting the bug in my ex's ear, let's go back to court and let's fight for this, picking up my kids instead of him coming and picking up the kids, cutting their hair, causing all sorts of issues with that and just the word the things that she said the things that she, it was just too much then one day i noticed like after a period of time i i never saw her i never saw she stopped coming to the the pickups not even with my ex she was just not there she she just wasn't there a year or two go by i started hearing this term nacho nacho because i'm on a lot of blended family pages reading about how to do it all this Mm -hmm. stuff i kept seeing this term nacho i didn't know what it was and i looked into it and i realized what it was and it dawned on me that she nachoed my kid (laughs) and it was the best thing ever like things just with my ex became so much easier we were able to communicate because she wasn't involved texting me and texting my husband like why are you texting my husband Yes. You don't need to text my husband. And there's so much more to that story that I wish I felt comfortable talking about. You don't need to text my husband ever. Like, yes. You, there is nothing you need to be texting my husband about. Like, yeah, you don't back need to off, text lady. Me. Yes, back off. And, and so it's like, uh, like, I can communicate with my ex in ways that I never could when she was involved. Like, let me communicate with him. He's the father of my kids, not you. Mm-hmm. And so when she backed off, it was like, it, it took a long time for me to believe that it was happening or to even understand what was happening. When I realized it, I was like, yes, girl, you figured it out. Like, she's like <laughs> you know, like, oh my goodness. She, it was just so difficult with this other person. We already have an issue, me and my ex communicating. It's already hard enough. You don't need to be doing that. Because my husband, my current husband is super quiet and passive and he would be there as, as, as a presence, more like as a protection, but he did not interject in our conversation. He was so good about stepping back that my ex made a comment about it once. He was like, I wish my wife was more like that. She's just so trying to get involved. I'm like, you need to talk to her about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like stop stirring the pot. Like you're the witch and witch and it's your cauldron. Stop it. Right. We can figure this out. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all really trying. It might not be how you think we should do it, but we're doing it. We're doing it. Oh yep. my goodness. Yes. It, it's just so, it, it has been so nice. There's, there's things about it. I know my kids don't like, like they go. They'll, they're only there once a month. So when they go and there's like this pile of dirty laundry still sitting there and, <laughs> and they're like, and they get there and they're like, do your laundry. You guys have to do your laundry. And my kids are like, uh, we're here for two nights. When would you like us? You want us to spend the time doing laundry? Like, but if that's what they just, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't even care. Like, that's not, I don't even care. That's, if that's the worst thing that happens with my kids is they have to 
spend their weekend at dad's doing laundry, so be it. Right. If that's how you you want a nacho, <laughs> like just making it even more. Like it's so funny to me. Like you're making it worse. Yes. You already don't want to go, and now you're making it worse. Like if that's how <laughs> you guys choose to do it, go for it. Doing a great job, guys. Right. And it's dad could do so their laundry. Funny. Dad could do it, and I'm sure that's her way of being like, "Go ahead, dad, do it." Dad could do it. Uh-huh. And I, it's nothing against her. This is him. He he could do their laundry. <laughs> well, they really shouldn't have that much laundry. Well, there are three of them. There's three. Yeah, yeah. there's three of them. And so like by the end of the weekend, you know, now my my little one, a lot of them now lately they're bringing their own stuff from here. They just feel more comfortable in it, which is another thing that their dad hates. You have clothes here, but mm-hmm. my, that like they just feel more comfortable. Do you, are you going to tell them every step of the way that they no, you have to wear his clothes? Are right. you kidding? Mm-hmm. Like they're they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. Let them wear what they want to wear. Don't you want them to be comfortable at your house? Don't you want them to want to come back? Right. Let them wear their clothes for crying out loud. Stop getting all up in their business about what clothes they wear. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so it's like really interesting to sit back and watch all of this stuff go down because it's so dumb. It's yes. all so dumb. <laughs> It is. I do wonder with the stepmom, like what was the tipping point? I honestly wonder if it's, if it was them fighting too much about it. Yeah. Because, because I think that that's what it came down to at, like it was causing such a problem in their own relationship that she was like, I'm done, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, I'm sure I definitely pushed her over the edge. Like, like (laughs) she couldn't stand me. Yeah. Because I, what do you, okay. So yeah, she couldn't stand me uh, and that's fine because the feeling was very mutual. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. And, and and I feel bad because I know she's, she's a, she's a great person. She has a lot of friends. She's a good mom to her own kids. You know, she's raising, she's got two kids of her own and I'm sure she's a great person, but she hasn't been to me. She has not been a great person to me. And it's really hard to look past that. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it, 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 when you don't trust somebody. Yes. You, you've already done this much damage. I don't trust. I don't really trust you. And I don't know that I ever will. So, you know, you want to be buddy, buddy, and you want to drop off a Christmas present and, you know, brush everything under the rug and be like, oh, let's just move past it. Okay, let's move past it. I'm not even thinking about the things that you did in the past. I'm thinking about the things you did last week. The things you say to my children on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Stop being, stop saying passive things about me to my kids. They, they come and tell me, they come and tell me. Right. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, and I don't even care. I'm not even hurt by it. My kids are. Yes. And and that's the thing that breaks me. Yeah. Right. And so often we forget that this petty crap that we're going back and forth with hurts the kids. It does. It hurts the kids. And so they'll come back and my son will be like, oh, she said this. Oh, she said, oh, it looks like your mom cut your hair again. She doesn't do a very good job cutting your hair, does she? Mm-hmm. And they come and they tell me, and I'll be like, how do you feel when she says that? Because I'm not going to be like, oh, that witch, I can't believe I don't say that. But I'll say, how does that make you feel when she says that stuff? Because I, I have to laugh about it now because it's so funny. Like, it's just so immature. Yeah. And, and, and they'll be like, I don't like it. It makes me, I'm like, well, maybe you should say when you say that about my mom, it makes me sad. Right. It makes me sad. Mm-hmm. 
But I'm like, but it doesn't hurt my feelings. It's okay if she doesn't like how I cut your hair. I don't like really how she cuts your hair either. Right. <laughs> I don't like that she cuts your hair. I don't yeah. like it. Exactly. <laughs> I have asked her not to multiple times. Like, who does that? Mm-hmm. If I, if I think about the things she's done and said to my kids, and I could not imagine doing that to my stepson. When yeah. my and my kids would never say that my, my stepson will say things to me. He's like one of those kids who'll say, "You're not my mom," or "My mom doesn't do it that way." He'll he's very rude in in some aspects. He'll say things like that to me, and I would never co- come back at him and be like, "Your mom," blah blah blah. In fact, I'm like, I'll say, "Your mom is the best." sweetie you have the best mom she Mm -hmm. is your mom you're right she's the best mom for you i'm so glad that you guys have such a good relationship and it always diffuses his anger right so not only am i saying nice things and i'm genuine i genuinely mean that she is the best mom for him i get along great with her Mm -hmm. like i i tell my husband all the time i see why you married her i get it i get it my my husband cannot say the same though But yeah, I can't, I get, I can't say I the it. same for my husband and he can't say the same for me. either. I get it. No, I get it. I see. I see the good in these people. Like they all have it. They're living meaningful lives. And it's just all these differences in the, the history there and the things that have occurred and that continue and the little comments. It can really turn ugly so super fast if we allow it. Mm-hmm. It really can. Yes. It's up to us to be the bigger people. It really is. It is. And it's not always easy. Nope. I know when we were struggling so much, I was so wrapped up in my pain and my hurt and woe is me that I didn't see what David or the stepkids were going through. Totally. Because it just seemed like it was just everything was attacking me. But then, you know, in hindsight, those kids, they were going back and forth. Their mom was telling them stuff. They yes. come here, all of a sudden there's rules and chores. They know who they came from. Yep. Yep. And like you said, they didn't want to be here because yeah. there were those rules and chores and expectations, for lack of a better word. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it is hard. And and like I have to look at it always through my stepson's eyes to just kind of remind myself where he's coming from. He's an only child. When he goes home, it's all about him. It's so easy to ha- to make it all about him. Oh, what should we have for dinner? Oh, you want this? Okay, that's great. Let's do. It. It's so easy to do that for him. And I don't even say that it's it's spoiling because it's just living. They're just living their life with their one child, mm-hmm. and it's it's a different life when you come to a family and you got now you're one of four, and now it's not all about you. You can't always want have what you want for dinner. You can't always get the Xbox first. You can't always. Now you have to share. And that's hard for him. It's really hard. And I feel bad for him. Like I have to remind myself that he's going back and forth and he's having to deal with this transition back and forth. And it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. He didn't yeah. ask for this. That's right. Yep. They didn't ask for it. No. And I remember Branson, the one I said that was the ringleader of Burn Laurie at the Stake. He was most excited out of all of them that we were getting married. Oh. And he obviously didn't know that I was going to come in and be the drill sergeant. Of yeah, yeah. Brush your teeth and do your homework and get ready for bed and whatever. But he told me one time 
that what bothered him the most was when I believed my son over him. Well, that sucks. I don't know any other way to put it. But you're going to believe your own kid. Right. But again, we have to remember that just because the kids are telling us different things doesn't always mean somebody's lying. It can be their perception. True. Like me waking the kids up in the morning. Mesa would say, Mama, Lori hollered at us this morning or yelled at us because I came in like, time to get up, rise and shine, kids that ain't mine. And Mama would wake them up (laughs) gently and pet them and, good morning, darling. Well, did I think I hollered at them or yelled at them? No. No, but in their mind, yes, yeah. And then once I could see both sides of it, it made things so much better in our blend. Because it wasn't always about Lori. Right. I agree a thousand percent. It's not always about me. It just isn't. In fact, most of the time it's not. Mm -hmm. Did you actively decide to not have an hour's child? You know, David already had four kids. Jackson was three at the time I met David. And so the triplets were eight, eight, and eight, of course. (laughs) And Avery was about to turn 10. Oh, they're triplets. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Shoot me in the face. Yes. David didn't want to start over. Right. And I mean, he kind of did start over with Jackson in a way. But I didn't want to drive a bus. Yeah. That's a lot of youngins. Yes, it is. And Honestly, I think if I would have married somebody that only had one kid, I probably would have wanted an hour's kid. Right. But Jackson actually shared with me the other day, which was kind of interesting, that he was really scared that me and David were going to have a kid together. Yep. That's what my kids have said. And I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. Because I've got a friend of mine that they did have an hour's kid. And that hour's kid is treated completely different. Yep. Yep. To the point that it almost makes the other kids feel like outcasts. Oh, yes. I hear this all the time. Like the hours kid, not only there's this whole different dynamic with the hours kid because you want to give this is their permanent home. Right. So of course they're gonna get the best room. Of course they're gonna get the best of everything. And mm-hmm. and 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 then they're complaining, well, how come I don't get to go to my other parents? But yeah. then yes, like yeah. So so then the stepson who's there only a certain amount of time, and then you got the hours kid who's there all the time. You want that kid to feel like this is their permanent home. I don't know. It's just a really hard dynamic. And I I get why people have kids together, but yeah, I, we we felt the same way as you're describing. Like we already had four. But right. when we first met, we were like, Yeah, we'll definitely I wanna, you know, because my son, my my husband only had one. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, yeah, let's have another. And then when we got together, we realized very quickly that we don't, he doesn't have one, he has four. And what I need from him is a lot different than what he needs from me as far as parenting their kid go. Like his ex is very involved. Mine is not. Right. So I need him to nacho less. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's heavily involved in my children's lives. He takes them to their Cub Scouts activities and he coaches their sports teams. My my ex does none of that. Mm-hmm. He lives too far away to get involved, you know? Right. And so so he he's very involved. And so it was taking up, I think we gave ourselves a year. We're like, let's see how we feel in a year. That year came and went. 
And we were in another custody battle the second year. And I was just, by the time it was over and everything was done, it was like, we are done. You're like, nah, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> Wiped out. Yeah. We were just mm-hmm. like, this is enough. We need to grow what we have. We need to make sure the kids that we have feel loved, supported, and stable. We can't add more to the pile. This is ridiculous. And I am so grateful Yes, <laughs> that we didn't. A lot of people say things are so unfair between the stick kids and the bio kids and the hours kids. You know, it needs to be fair. Okay, well, if your little hours kid is little Susie, then I guess you better give little Susie two birthdays, two Christmases, two Thanksgiving, yep. two Easter's. Yep. Yep. You can never make things fair. Nope, it never will be. There's the no need to try. We teach our kids. No, yeah, the best thing we could teach them is that it's not ever fair. Right. And when, when, my, when my kids come to me and say, how come stepson is getting away with such and such? You would never let us get away. I always tell them and they understand. They don't even say it anymore. I say, he's not my son. Mm-hmm. He's not mine. Yep. You're right. I would never let you get away with that, but he's not mine. You are. <laughs> Jackson, he's a mess, y'all. Maybe one day I can get him to be on the podcast, but <laughs> one day he was little. He was probably, I'd say five or six. And he said, how come the brothers, because that's what we refer to David's kids as, the brothers, he'd say, how come the brothers get to do such and such? Or how come they don't have to do such and such? And I said, I'm not their mom. My job is to parent you. David's job is to parent them. Yeah. He said, David's going to have his hands full with them youngins. <laughs> <laughs> he is so smart. He's a man. Yes. Yes. And and I've been forced to do a lot of parenting for my stepson because of the situation. Like when we first got married, they were four, like I mentioned, and the the stepson had been in daycare for, you know, basically his whole life when I wasn't in the picture. When I came into the picture, I worked from home and I had a little boy who was the same age who was not in daycare. I was planning on staying with them and working from home. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when when this was presented to bio mom, like my husband was like, well, I'm not paying for childcare anymore. My wife is going to be childcare because we already have a son at home. This just is logical. It was just logical, right? Mm-hmm. You think that that's how you think. That's how you think. Yeah. And then you, then you get into the situation. And I look back at that. Like I was willing, I was just being a willing candidate to care for my stepson. I wasn't pushing it. Right. So I ended up was I was a daycare provider. I was with that boy more than any of them uh, for the uh, multiple years because mom was working a lot on and off. She was going into different trainings and she was just gone a lot. So I was I was kind of there more than mom or dad because of the daycare thing. I was there when, when he got off the bus. I took care of them all, you know. And so I look back at that and I realized I was way more involved though than I needed to be. So I wanted to be there and help, but I also didn't need to be as involved as I was. And there were certain events that occurred that didn't need to be like certain conflicts that occurred because I was maybe overly involved. Mm -hmm. And I've learned over the years that I don't, thank goodness, bio mom and I have such a great relationship. Like I really genuinely like her as as a person and we've come to a conclusion, but it wasn't until she became set mom mm-hmm. that she truly became my friend. <laughs> yes. Do you know what, when she saw 
what I had been dealing with all those years. And then she had now had to deal with her boyfriend's daughter. It was like, oh, then suddenly it was like, well, is this a good weekend for this? Like, it was just so much easier to deal with her in a lot of ways, because I think she saw, she saw from the other end what it was like. Mm -hmm. And isn't that a lesson to all of us though, about life in general? Like we think we know, and we just don't. Yes. Unless you've lived it, you don't know. Yeah, you don't. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, like, I don't know. Those expectations that that I have for my husband are different than what he has and what he needs from me now at this point. Now, now stepson is older. He doesn't need me as much as a small child did. Right. It's different now. That phase, the phase, they go through phases. And, and I knew that because I have older kids. But, mm-hmm. but they didn't. And so it's like, I'm watching this all happen. Like steps needed me. I had to, te- I had to potty train him. I had to teach him how to tie his shoe and all these things and like reading and all those things that we have to teach those little tiny kids. And I was there at, at the front end helping with all of that. Mm-hmm. And now he's grown. He doesn't need me as much. I see him pulling away, you know, right? but I don't even take offense to it. I, I see how he gets annoyed with me, but it's that age too. They all get annoyed with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all annoyed with me. And that's okay. It's just life. This is the phase of events. If right. There's one thing I could tell these new stepmoms who are young, young, and they maybe no, don't have kids on of their own and they're listening to this. I wish I could say if kids go through phases, like mm-hmm. it's okay. Like they're being buttheads. They would be buttheads whether you were in the picture or not. Right. <laughs> they're just buttheads right now. Yeah. And that's like nachoing. There may be certain things that you need to nacho now that you won't need to later. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's hard when they're little and they need you so much. Yes, it is. And is your husband, I mean, obviously he's okay with you nachoing his kids more than he nachos yours? Yeah, I kind of have to. I don't even use that term with him. He just sees that I'm like when we have a group text, it's me, him and his ex. And she'll text, oh, we're dropping him off. I do not respond in there unless it's directed at me or I I can help in a certain way. If they need pickup or if they need something and I'm able to jump in and help, then I'll text and be like, oh yeah, the teacher did say such and such. But if if it's just between them and they're handling it, I let them handle it. Right. And because the more I, I get in there and I stir that or I, oh, I'm going to do this or I can do this, the worse it is. I They don't need that conflict in their lives. If they're handling it and they're okay without me, I let them deal with it. And I think everyone's happier that way. I, I think he's perfectly fine with, with that because his son is kind of, he's difficult a lot of times to handle. And so when he's being difficult, I'm like, honey, go deal with your kid, please. He's, he's not going in bed. He's keeping everybody up. Go deal with it. You know? Mm -hmm. And so I don't really deal with, if dad's there, I don't deal with it. If dad's not there because he's at a scouting event with my kids, I deal with it. So I deal with it when I have to, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that he he I feel like we've come into a group. I think of the stupid things we did when we first got married. Like, I know. <laughs> so you know I, oh my gosh! Like I remember the first, <laughs> the first. Do you know when they're little? They want you to put them to bed. So our uh-huh. four year olds, oh, come and you tuck us in and put us to bed. And our our bio kids only wanted us. So our little ones, we're talking about. And and so we had this great idea that we were going to do the other. We were going to do each other's kids. We we're mm-hmm. going to put each other's kids to bed because that way we would put them and make sure they stayed in bed. And we were, oh, what idiots we are were. 
I can't believe I, I, we even tried that. We yes. tried it. It was a total disaster. Kids screaming and crying left and right. Like, why? Like, why? Why rock the boat? The kid wants their bio parent. Let them have it. It's so dumb. We thought we were trying things. We tried all sorts of configurations yep. for how they were going to sleep. And we have rearranged bedrooms more times than I can talk about. Yes. <laughs> trying to figure it out, you know? We were going to let you know, one of David's kids share a room with Jackson. And then we decided that wasn't a good idea because there was such an age difference, five years. And Jackson was used to having his own room. And David's kids were used to sharing a room. So they didn't want to be split totally. up. So they everybody would have been mad if we would have done that. If we would have tried to force relationships with them, it would just would have went south. And we tried to do that too, where, okay, we're going to all have prayer time at night before we go to bed. And I remember the brothers said, we don't want Lori and Jackson up here. This is our time with you. And right. Jackson said to me, I don't want to go upstairs with them. I want it to be me and you. And that's okay. Yes. And do you know what's beautiful about what you just said? We do the opposite. And that's what works for us. We all gather and it works for us. But if that didn't work for us, we wouldn't do it. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't, like, we can talk all we want to each other and to other blended families. But really, in the end of the day, like we can share all of our suggestions and we could say, do this and don't do that. No, you have to figure it out for yourself. Right. With with so much love. And you have to figure out what's going to work for your kids, for you personally, for your spouse, because every family is so different. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's so, so different. And that's like the relationship that David and Jackson have always had, because Jackson was so young when David and I got married, that David... He didn't really have to nacho Jackson as much as I did his kids. He's starting to more now. I read this book. It said, you know, and you've mentioned this before, it takes seven years at least for a a blended family to come to the point where they have the same amount of stress Mm -hmm. in their lives as a traditional family. Right. And I'm like, here we are. We're at seven. Like I see things are better, but it's still like, my my, I see my family. They, I'm not used to this blended thing. No one in my family has ever been divorced. Right. I'm the I'm the one. Right. Mm-hmm. You're <laughs> the so, one. <laughs> I, I never had any uh, like example of what it was supposed to look like or what it could look like. I have I had no clue. And so you see these people who like do birthday parties together. I, I can't, my husband and his ex now at this point, it's taken years, but they do birthday parties. Last year they did and this year. They're going to do it again for their son. I can't imagine doing that with my ex. So it's like we have, we're living two separate lives right next to each other. Me and my husband, my current husband. Right. Cause yeah. we do things so differently. We have to. Right. And it's what works for you and what works what for works. him and what works for those kids. It, it, exactly. It's what works. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Cause I, I asked my kids, I'm like, cause at this point I feel emotionally fine. Like I could do a, a joint birthday with the, with their dad. But when I met, mentioned that to my boys, they're like, heck no, like, yeah. I want nothing to do with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm over it, but I feel like so much of the things that I went through in my marriage to him, like he's now doing to the kids. Mm-hmm. And so now they're feeling it and they're like, heck no, like let dad do his thing for us. And we'll, they're like, my my son is like, that's just weird. I remember where I went to my university 
is where I met my first husband. And so I went back after 20 years and I was showing my kids around the, the campus and all this stuff. And I went back to try to find the house where I lived when the their dad proposed to me. I was going to show them the balcony where I thought that would be a nice thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we go to where this house, this building was, and it was gone. The building had been knocked down <gasps> and it was gone. And there, and I'm like, where is it? And the kids are like, what are you looking for? And I told them, I said, I I thought it would be nice. I could show you where your dad proposed to me. This is that where I lived. And now the building is done. My husband, my son goes, well, that's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's like, that's weird, mom. Why would you even want to show us that? Like, they don't want to know about it or you know what I mean? Right. I'm over it. Like, I'm okay. Like, look, 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 we have history. Like, we can talk about this now. Like, it's okay. No, I can talk about it. They can't. And I have to respect that. You're right. Like, just because I'm over it and I'm okay, doesn't mean that they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like I like they want to talk about things from the past. And I'm like, I don't want you think walking around talking about the worst things everybody's ever done. So let's not do that. Yeah. People change. We let's move on. We've all made mistakes. Yep. And you learn and grow. Yes. Mm-hmm. None of us are the same person we were nine years ago. Yes. Exactly. We should always strive to do better. Yep. Yep. And 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 hope that others are doing the same. Yes. Well, if every day you can improve one percent, then guess what? In a hundred days you've improved a hundred percent. Yes. If that's really how the math works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lala, it has been great having you as a guest on our podcast. Please tell David that both of you together, you guys are amazing. You're an inspiration to so many of us. Like I look to you and I'm like, oh, see, you guys have just this beautiful relationship. You're open with each other. You're loving and caring and, and you share what you need to share in a respectful, caring way. Well, thank you. We could all learn from that. We could all learn from that. Thank you. Thank you. All right, David, I want to wrap this up really quickly because we talked way too much in the beginning. You sure did. I did not. You're still talking. Go back and document it. You're still talking. At such and such time. You're still talking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do we have going on? Oh, just a heads up, people. Not definite yet, but we may be potentially speaking in. Florida in September. Not quite sure. We'll let you know. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be fun because I'm speaking in Kentucky. In Kentucky in September. We're not about blending family stuff. Yep. Oh, well, David might not be there at first. Anyway. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. All right. All right, folks. That's our show for today. And remember, life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.